We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You've waited all week, and now the wait is over. It's the only unfiltered media podcast in America. This is Trash Talk on WEEI.com. Here he is, your boy, Blind Mike. Blind Mike. It's, uh, what, 11.30 in the morning? And I've already uh, embarrassed myself in front of management. Jesus Christ. I uh, So yesterday, you guys know, if you listen to the show regularly, you know I've had my my beef with Chris Curtis. Thinks I'm dry and boring. He's a he's a fool. He's a rube. But in all honesty, he's been uh, he's been off the air. He's been all right to me. So uh, a couple weeks ago, he he threw me on Gilroy's show. See if I had any any chops. If I could handle the uh, inimitable Patrick Gilroy. That's the real test in radio. You can handle that guy. You can handle anything. So they they threw me with Gilroy uh, two weeks ago, maybe. And I hadn't, I didn't hear anything after that, just radio silence. So I thought I didn't know what the deal was. So I text Chris Curtis yesterday, and I say, uh, "Hey, did I suck out with Gilroy? Uh, I just hadn't heard anything, so I didn't know what the deal was." And he replies, "Get this, you didn't suck." Now that's a real feather in my cap, huh? Yeah, congratulations, you, t- you don't suck. Hey, the day I didn't suck. <laughs> uh, so then, and then he went on to say that I think I think I'm going to be back in there at some point. We'll see. But I didn't suck. That's the that's the real headline here, folks. So so today, did I, my mic just go out? No. Okay. Well, I can't I hear it anymore. Oh. Uh, um. Did your shit get fucked up? I don't know. I just can't hear it. God damn it. But whatever. I hate this goddamn board. <laughs> well, I think it's still recording. Well, it's yeah. Still okay. Recording. We're good. Well, whatever. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Some dumbass. I do suck. Okay. I'm Chris gonna, Curtis was, I can hear myself again. I'm going to rant about this fucking studio Let's just because it sucks. Go ahead. So whoever the fuck comes in here, comes in here. Blame someone that, specific. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to blame the OMF interns because they don't, whoever it is doesn't even know how to cut audio. And I've had, to, I've talked to the Dale and Keith intern actually. And he's, comes in here and he looks at some of this audio and he's like, they, he's over modulated. So I can hear is you can't even hear it. The system just shuts it down to protect right. itself. When whoever comes in here, instead of turning up the mics, like the individual slides for the goddamn mics, yeah, boosts the audio for the the whole board, the whole way up. So I'm here fucking around with just just this is getting the very mics. technical. Uh, well, <laughs> okay, so there are three slides, and someone has the master for the whole volume. We've got more for everything. Fuck Someone's it. an Whatever. asshole. Someone's a fucking dick. Yeah, we blame and we Ordway. We're blaming you, baby. I'm okay with just because you think you're <laughs> <laughs> just because you're hot shit around here because you're back in afternoons doesn't mean you can send your interns in here to fuck things up for me. That's God right. damn it! This is my studio. Well, if they fuck with me, they fuck stay with out you. of Studio K, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, anyways, I uh, I can hear myself again. And uh, so this morning I walk to work. For those of you that don't know, I don't see well, so I don't drive. Alex Reamer thinks I'm, I'm lying about that, apparently, but I don't see well. You're very privileged. I'm a privileged guy. I have my driver usually brings me in. <laughs> but uh, today I had to walk. It's a hot day out, so I already got a, I got a sweat going. 
And then uh, I forgot my ID. So a little trick. If you ever want to sneak into Intercom, <laughs> the, uh, the stair doorway is often open. So I sneak up the stair doorway. Today it's locked. So I got to go back downstairs and try and use the elevator. At the bottom of the stairs, I see Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis says, hey, Mike, what are you doing? I say, oh, I'm, I'm going up to record my podcast. Now, mind you, he just saw me come down the stairs <laughs> away from WEEI. So he says, are you going up or coming down? And I go, oh, you know, I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm going up, but I forgot my ID. So I, and I, I couldn't get in the, uh, the doorway. So I was going to go back up the, uh, the elevator. And he goes, well, I, I can just let you in my ID. Oh, that'd be, that'd be great. So, so he tries making chit chat with me up the stairs and he says, what's the, uh, what's the podcast about today? And I said, I completely forgot what I had planned to talk about. So I go, ah, you know, a little, a little of this, a little of that. And he goes, all right, well, good to see you. He just walks away. And I know he's thinking, this is the asshole that's been bugging me to get in the air. I, and I realized in that moment. That on the air, I'm able to put together a sentence, and Chris Curtis is a, uh, a just a puddle of goo. But off the air, it's completely reversed. <laughs> that's because that's because he's a normal human. He's a he, guy, yeah. He knows how to function in society. He's a guy who can have a conversation. Whereas I need one of these puppies in front of me. <laughs> I'm pointing at Jared's dick. No, I need I need one of these mics in that's front right. of me in order to put together a conversation. Uh, so yeah, I am embarrassed. So the odds I get back at overnight weekend any anywhere. Pretty slim now. I think he thinks I'm just a complete idiot. You, I, uh, oh, you know, I'm going back upstairs. Do you even do show prep? Do you know what that is? I, I, uh, you know, I. it's all up here. That's what when Minahan asked me if I had notes, I pointed to my head and said, they're all up here, Kirk. You know he's just judging you. Yeah. Just looking at you. He's just, what is this guy? All up here deal? in this noggin. Who is this guy? Yeah. So anyways, um, there's some stuff I want to get to this week. I do have... A show prepared. But first, I want to start with uh, what we talked about last week. First and foremost, uh, Joe Beningo did not return to the airwaves. At least I I couldn't find him. Um, So the Joe Beningo saga continues, although I'm hearing the fact that uh, FAN didn't immediately fire him. uh, And we're starting to hear from some ex-FAN employees. And usually, ex-employees are ready to bash the shit out of the company. Um, A lot of people kind of defended FAN, and particularly Beningo. That doesn't mean he's innocent, uh, but it certainly doesn't mean he's guilty either. So, bravo to Entercom, our boys here at Entercom, uh, the New York branch, for for once sticking with someone just while the story plays out. Not immediately reacting. Maybe Beningo's wrong in this. Maybe Beningo violated a lot of rules. We'll see. But uh, kudos to the company. Massive kudos to Entercom. For not reacting immediately and just saying, well, fire him! Just get rid of him! Just get him out of here! <laughs> Who cares what he did? Just uh, there, there are allegations, just get rid of him! It definitely is refreshing to have yeah. that, have a company stick by the, other, stick by the person that has supposedly right. done something wrong. It's nice to see, and uh, we'll get into more of that uh, later and why that's not happening around the country. But first, I want to address the other thing we talked about. The shakeup here at WEI. Uh, uh, Rich Keefe. When we, we talked last week on Thursday when the announcement was made, and uh, you pointed out to me that Rich Keefe tweeted, um, he hated the I'm decision. going on the air. I hate this decision, and I'm going on the air to rant about it. So uh, we sa- I predicted nothing. I predicted he would calm down by the time he came on the air and said, well, you know, it's a company decision. I'm not happy with it, but I'll go to middays and do my job. That was my prediction. Uh, 
And then later that day, he did the show. So uh, I guess let's listen together and find out what Rich Keefe had to say about being demoted to middays. I, I First off, I'll, I will certainly say this. I am thrilled to have a job in sports radio. I love it. There's, there's nothing else I would rather do. This time slot is the goal for me. I mean, this is afternoon drive. It doesn't get any better than this. When I came over in December of 2016, it was after many years doing nights. Uh, there was an opening over at the Sports Hub in the afternoon. I thought I uh, had a good chance at that. Didn't get it. And when this Jim job Murray's opened spot, up, I was about. very excited. Pounced Probably. on it. Loved it. And 2017 was a really good year for us. And 2018, we've obviously had a few changes, Dale. We've had a couple of changes going on. You lost a guy that you'd been working with for a long time. We discussed that. I was sick that day. Maybe got a little emotional as well. But he <laughs> was gone. Allergies, I think. It was allergies. Pause. Enough with this, Keith. He cried on you the cry. air. You cry. You <laughs> cried on the air. His big old crybaby. You, yeah. You bawled your eye. You wept on the air. Who gives a shit? Just admit. Enough with this. I, ha- I was sick that day. Come on, man. You showed some emotion for once in your life. You, care, <laughs> you cared about something. you got to own it. If you're going to cry yeah. in there, just say, you're yeah, a I, big, bawled, I bawled like a baby. You're a big, blubbering little girl, and that's fine. We all do that sometimes. Enough with the sickness. You weren't sick. Oh, I, I, it was great working with you for a year. Your allergies worked up, worked up in that one second and not the rest of the show. <laughs> Come on, Rich. He pulled all the shades. <laughs> all the lights were turned down. He yeah. just on the air crying. <laughs> just admit it. You cut yourself that night. You drew, you drew yourself a bath. You were sad that Michael Holly was leaving. It's fine. Uh, let's hear the rest of his uh, his rant here. Hello. I mean, well, anyway. they're cutting in Florida, and you were here, but, but that's beside. But this was break. this is the job that I want, and I don't want to sound like I'm not grateful for still having a job. I understand that people can get canned, and then they're looking for jobs, and then they're upset, and then they got to move, and all this other stuff. So I'm still. Working at WEEI, so I'm thrilled about that. Pause. Midday show is a new. You don't have to be that. We get it. <laughs> you know, we know, we under we know that you'd rather be employed than fired. We all know that. If you're gonna, if you're saying, "Hey, I'm pissed at this," I'm gonna go on the air and rant about it. You don't have to say now, just so everyone knows, <laughs> I'm still a company man. If you want to go off, then go off. I think this is. Don't preface it with now. Let's all. This was what I was worried about when I said. I don't know if it's going to be the rant we're hoping for. I, that's what I was a little worried about when I was like, I don't know. I don't know if he's really going to go at the company. Was the this way. the rant you were hoping for, though? Um, No, not yet. Hasn't got there yet? No. I think, uh, I don't know, but Dale got very upset. He really? Was, oh, he was wicked animated when he was. Is he it was part of this clip or is there a different one? There's a different one, but. Let's, let's keep going with this and see if you can find that Dale one as well. Challenge for us. I am looking forward to that. But this is a demotion. There's no other way about yes. it. You go from afternoons to middays. That's what it is. So it's hard for me to Correct. get all excited about it. And that's the end. That's it? That's it. That's yeah, all. see, that's... That's only I cut up. That's weak. That, that's kind of what I was worried about. Um, he did take a shot at Glenn. Do we have that? Oh, we have that. <laughs> now let's hear that. All right. Because uh, what I was worried about was that he... I think in that the company's not going to fire. The company's not going to announce you're moving to middays. You say I'm not happy with it, and then they fire you. They're not going to do that. No. I don't. I, unless you do something really crazy, you know what I mean. If you if you threaten Joe Zarbano's life, then they'll get rid of you. Something like something absolutely nuts. But if you just say I'm pissed about this, they're not going to fire you. They have too much invested in you already. Right. So 
you're going to keep your midday job. You don't have to say, you don't have to, you know, keep begging. I, you know, I want to keep my job, but I don't like this. That, like, that's not the ballsy. When you go on Twitter and say, I'm pissed and I'm going to talk about it, you got to bring a little more than that. You got to bring some more energy. And that's why you're being moved to middays. Because, you know, I feel like they never had that energy in that show. Now, you said um, something to me. I don't know if they said it on the air, but you had mentioned, you know, Maybe it's not fair that they only got one ratings book as Dale and Keith. Right. I'm, maybe give them a little bit more of a shot. But, I mean, they, like you said. I'll tell you why that's not the case. So, say they brought in a completely new show. I'll tell you why Mike Salk got mo- a, a full year. is because that was a new show. Mike Salk was a new guy that wasn't here before. Now, they should have known after one day that that was an utter disaster. But... Nevertheless, <laughs> you give you give the guy somewhat of a chance to hopefully build an audience, and they realized it didn't work after a year. And that, that's a terrible example because, like I said, they should have realized after a day. But my point is, when it's a new guy, you give the guy a chance. When it's you just lost a guy, how is it going to get any better? When it's we know who Dale and Keefe are, you know what I mean? They've been here for years. Yeah, they- or Keefe's been here for a year. Dale's been here for years. Uh, we know the da- we know the Dale Keefe and Holly show. Lis- listeners, a few listeners dropped off when Michael Holly left. I don't think it was a ton. I don't think that's their main problem was losing Michael Holly. But when you lose a guy, the problem is not well. We haven't had a chance yet. Oh, you've had a chance. <laughs> you've had a you've had a tremendous chance. And the listenership dropped off, and then you lost a guy. It keeps dropping off. And then you get more than doubled by Felger and Matz. So a change is obviously needed. Now, I think they'll do better in middays. I think that's more there. I think that's more where those two belong, particularly Dale. Um, I think Keith could potentially be a part of an afternoon show, maybe. Not, my, not one that I would particularly listen to every day. You don't think he could drive it? He'd be the third chair guy, sure. kind of, you think? Sure. If he, if he was on Felger and Maz, I don't think they'd lose a listener. You know what I mean? If he got the the job he was talking about with uh, Jim Murray, yeah, I don't think so. No, I think they'd be fine. Uh, and I love Jim Murray, but that's not what dri- Felger's what drives that show. So if Keith was on there as a third voice, I think yeah, that w- that'd be fine. But uh, that show, Dale and Keith, that's a midday show in my mind, and it always has been. When they brought Dale back for Dale and Holly after Salk left. I thought that's an odd move, just because Dale always struck me as a midday guy. He was great. He, he did very well in middays. Um, so that's always where he struck me. I always found it odd that he was in afternoons, because he didn't seem like he had the energy to be there. And there's a clip where Dale, the, uh, the, the shows we're playing today, where Dale gets on Shaughnessy for asking Bill about uh, uh, the Malcolm Butler stuff. And Dale says, you know, I understand you have to ask it, but do you, do you have to ask it five times? Well, maybe that's why you're one of the reasons you're losing that show. When you had Belichick on, you were afraid to do that kind of stuff. You were afraid to challenge him. Now, I don't know if Ordway's going to challenge him, but I know Felger would. Oh, absolutely. I know Felger, if if if, they, if Belichick was on 98.5 instead of EEI, I know Felger day one would be asking about Malcolm Butler and a, probably asking him until he got him to walk off. Ideally, anyways. So, so Dale's saying, I don't understand why Shaughnessy keeps asking him. Maybe that's one of the reasons you lost your show. But, uh, what now what's this that he said about Ordway? Do we have that? Uh, we do. Let me. Oh, I have it highlighted right here. Terrific. 
What's and it so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's frustrating. And, you know, those guys, they they got a challenge ahead of them. And so good good luck to them. You know, it's 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 a little bit different uh, for sure. And I know Glenn's used <laughs> to it. Ward In fact, Glenn went up against Felger and Maz. I forget what happened there, but uh, it <laughs> wasn't great. I just – it's it's frustrating to me. I it's, mean, it's, it was I, I'm better not than here and say that this is <laughs> you. A great like, what are you talking about for us? Better but than half. What else can you do? I, I I understand that it could be worse. I I know what people are saying. Like, you idiot, you still have a job. Look at these other guys that have had a chance and they've gotten blown out of there. I'm I'm well aware of that. I get it. But the initial reaction to me is frustration, and it it kind of sucks. But we'll just we're gonna have to move on. Yeah. See, there's still an attitude of like, well, you know. They made the decision. We're going to make the best of it. And maybe that's what he's really feeling. And I've had this uh, struggle. Um, when when Remo was in here, I had a little bit of a struggle because I, I knew what I was supposed to do was fight with him on stuff. And my instinct sometimes is to say, like, I, I, see, what he, I see his point. You know what I mean? Like, I think in, in reality, I'm more of a, a down-the-middle kind of guy. So I'm like, I see where he's coming from. And I always wonder, is that an attitude I can have if I want to do drive-time radio? Uh, and I think the answer is no. I think you have to kind of throw that away and pick where, your, <laughs> pick where your opinion is and just never look back. You know, drive as hard as you can with that opinion. And maybe that's Keith's problem is that you, you listen to that rant and you say, well, you know, I understand where they're coming from. It's like, yeah, you can't understand where they're coming from. You, you shouldn't. On, on the air. Off the air, understand where they're coming from. That's fine. Live, live your li- Otherwise, you'll get an aneurysm. <laughs> live, <laughs> live your life. You know what I mean? But on the air, you can't understand where they're coming from. You have to say, hey, fuck, man. Sometimes you got to say, hey, fuck them. You know what I mean? And really go after them because that's what's entertaining. Now, in the middays, you can be a little more down the road. But that was the problem in the afternoons. And to say, uh, to throw Ordway in there, like, I don't know what happened there. Uh, I know what happened is the sports have had an FM frequency, which it's madness to me that WEI never jumped on that before the sports hub came to town. This is a dumbass move. It was, it was idiotic. And I think anyone here now, because there was no one here now. It was people 10 years ago uh, that didn't want to spend the money. And they felt like, well, 850 is doing fine. We don't need, we don't need the FM frequency. And Ord- Ordway claims that he was the guy champion. He said, we, we need an FM. Someone's going to come into town and beat us because they're on FM. They're on some, a station that people can hear <laughs> if they drive into a fucking tunnel or it's past 5 p.m. in the it winter. Sound like we're talking yeah, like this. yeah, exactly. So uh, Ordway said that years ago. And Felger and Maz come into town. They're on a station you can hear clearly. Pristine quality uh, on FM. So people start to listen to that instead. And then you come out to a lead. Then finally, 93.7 comes along. And Ordway, if, if I remember correctly, Ordway was finishing second. Still now, that's not, that's not what you, can, what you can do if you're getting paid a million dollars a year, which he was. But second is not bad. And I don't think they were getting doubled in the ratings by Felger and Mass. So to say, well, I don't know what happened. You know, Ordway gave it a shot in afternoons. I don't know what happened there. Well, he was number one for 20 years. And then, you know. Got beat for a little while, and I like I said last week. I think that's what's about to happen with Felger and Mass. And something I didn't I, I didn't mention last week that I thought of when I brought up that uh, the Belichick thing. Felger and Mass are the sky is falling radio. It's always everything is bad in Patriot Land. Now that may be more true than ever this coming up year. Maybe Brady, Brady ugh, 
Maybe Brady finally hits a wall. Maybe Belichick's lost his mind. Maybe the Malcolm Butler thing is proof that Belichick's lost his mind or something. Uh, so maybe the sky is finally falling. But there's a large segment of Patriot fandom that doesn't want to listen to that anymore. They're sick of it. They want to listen to Goody Gumdrops Radio. But Dale and Keith weren't entertaining enough for them to switch over to that. They want a little more energy. So they said, you know what? We'll listen to Felger and Maz and get angry about it for now. But we'd prefer to listen to something else. I think there's a segment of Felger and Maz's listenership that will switch over to listening to Glenn kiss Belichick's ass. Just I powder his balls. They want the ball powdering. Yes, for because they are entertaining. They do it in an entertaining fashion, I think. And Fourier will do it in an entertaining fashion. I think Lou has the sense to maybe go against him with that shit. Some of it might come off as a little phony. But... The uh, the angry loose stuff is entertaining to people. The same, you know, the same way. And I, I have very little respect for Maz, but the same way the the wacky Maz saying crazy things is entertaining to people. Uh, I think when Lou goes on rants, even if they might be a little manufactured, I think he knows how to do it in an entertaining way. I think Merloni's come along. I like Merloni on the air, so uh, I think they'll be very good in maybe stealing some of that Felger and Maz audience. Uh, because there's a, a, a market that hasn't been tapped uh, with Dale and Keith in there. Was there anything else interesting in that rant, or not really? Uh, That's pretty much it. No, I mean Dale had, had he, Dale was. Oh, Dale said something. You said Dale. Dale was Dale real went. animated. Yeah, I think this might be it. Let's he swore on the air and had to have it dumped. My God, my oh. my stars, Dale. Dale did. Oh I know. my Isn't goodness. <laughs> let's uh, let's see if we can find that. So there's been a whole lot of talk at the radio station today. You just heard Glenn in our, uh, as part of our open talk about it. Uh, our first opportunity to talk about it. Although I did hear Christian say during the show as I was driving in, listening to him as I always do. Yeah. I did hear Christian say that he saw your tweet. Yeah. And he thought you should call into their show. Oh, like I didn't and, have and, a time and to talk. talk? About, well, apparently. Well, got, you might not. I got five I mean, hours. I got five hours. Uh, he thought you should Four call now. into their show, you know, yeah. and, and you know, kind of vent your no. spleen with them. Well, whatever. Ah. Dale said a no, no word on the air. You can tell he was riled up. But Dale, let's get more of that. Don't do that on the day they rip your show away. <laughs> do it always. Don't say, well, now the, now's the time to be interesting. Watch, now they're going to go hard-nosed and go in the complete opposite yeah. direction and go <laughs> way vo- more entertaining. The voice of the alt-right for the next two weeks is <laughs> D- Dale and Keith. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's just not my my cup of tea, you know? And I think they're, they're better suited for middays. But what do I know? Just the same as the station and, and the listening audience, I guess. Uh, now, from my current employer to my former employer, Barstool Sports. I think, um, I didn't know if I should talk about this today. And the reason I wanted to is because uh, I think the last time I talked about Portnoy, which I know you enjoyed, but I think uh, I think the last time I talked about Portnoy, people thought like got the vibe that I, I hated him. And that I was bitter about leaving. Um, not the case at all. In fact, I filmed something for Barstool a couple weeks ago. God, I wish you hated him. <laughs> I really God. don't. I really don't. Um, I filmed something for Barstool a couple weeks ago. Now, I was told they wanted to let Portnoy announce it, but K&C said it on the air. But I'll be a good boy. Just know there's an announcement coming from old Portnoy on um, a series from Barstool coming out soon. That I think will be very interesting. Uh, I did about a half hour interview for it, and I'll probably be used for maybe 30 seconds. There'll be r- rough clips of me saying, ah, I'm blind, Mike. 
<laughs> whatever, whatever the fuck I said. I think you're giving yourself too much credit. I think they'll give you about five. <laughs> Eight seconds. seconds. <laughs> yeah, it'll be one. It'll be one thing, like one quick thing that I'll be in there for. But um, the 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 part that will probably get dropped is me saying that uh, I respect. I I would have a I wouldn't have the life I have right now if it wasn't for Dave Portnoy. Uh, there's no industry. There's no other uh, 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 media outlet that would have given me the opportunity that uh, Barstool gave me. So to hate the guy would be crazy. Uh, I was frustrated with some things they did, uh, but no, hate the guy that would be silly. Uh, I'm not. I'm not Jenna Marbles, who doesn't know where I came from. I uh, I'll always respect the shit out of that place. So that's why I want to defend them anytime they get into some hot water, as it were. So if you don't know, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Uh, Deadspin constantly going after Barstool. They want to be Barstool. So I guess their their first mission is to take them down. Um, and they've called Portnoy sexist and this and that. So Portnoy has kind of gone after. Uh, Dead. Well, actually, the opposite of gone after. He's ha- he's developed a crush on the girl that was going after him from Deadspin, and he talks about how attractive she is and shit like that. Now, this is obviously done tongue in cheek because he's kind of doing a little reverse psychology. You know what I mean? If you don't see that, then whatever. If you think the guy is actually harassing her, then you don't get the bit. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he'd be doing it that publicly if he was really creepily hitting on her. If you <laughs> you know what I mean? If you don't get it, Barstool just is not for you. It's not for you. Exactly. Yeah, it's just not for you. So, basically, Portnoy's kind of been trolling this girl, for lack of a better term. And someone from Gizmodo, Susie... Bar- <laughs> How do you say this name? I, I think it's I think it's Benicarum. Benicarum. That's the, yeah, that's probably the best way to pronounce it. Susie Benicarum, who I, I've never heard of before... Uh, Carried the torch of, let's go after Barstool, guys. Um, so where did, do you have where this started, Jared, or do you have the, the Portnoy blog up? I have the Portnoy blog up. But All right, he did so put he'll, he'll give, a, he'll give a, a better summary than I could give. So <laughs> let's just read a little bit of what Portnoy uh, has to say. All right, so I'll just start from the top of the article. Yeah. So, so this happened yesterday. I was minding my own business on my month-long vacation on Nantucket when the island winds started whipping up the rumor that Laura Wagner no longer right, worked at Deadspin. Being the humanitarian. <laughs> that really? Great guy. That's, yeah, he's that's a, he's a good he's guy. Okay. <laughs> Man and, of the people. And businessman I am. I offered Laura a job as our ombudsman. Right. Now, that's not bad. That would be interesting. If that's real, if he really did that, um, that's interesting. Because... For those of you that don't know what an ombudsman is, I, have the, I saw the look in Jared's face that he doesn't know what that word is. I have no idea. So I wanted to explain. It it's essentially so. I, in a way, I'm the ombudsman of EEI. I'm not really, but the fact that I'm doing this podcast and talking about EEI, that's kind of what an ombudsman does. Look, you even it's someone like at ESPN. They have someone to criticize the personalities of. Well, they used to <laughs> have someone to criticize the personalities of ESPN. It's kind of what Chad Finn is supposed to do, but doesn't. Um, that type of shit. It's someone that kind of calls a media outlet out on their own bullshit. Right. So she'd be perfect for that job if she wanted to do it correct. You know what I mean? Uh, if, and and bar, let me tell you something. More than anywhere else, Barstool's a place that would let her do it. If she was hired by them and still wanted to call them sexist pigs, they would let her. You wouldn't get that from ESPN. You wouldn't get that. You wouldn't get it here. You wouldn't get it almost anywhere. 
No, I mean here they. If would, you wanted, they would let someone honestly criticize their ta- and be as vicious as they wanted to be. They wouldn't even let you talk about the the Reamer stuff when it right. happened. So, right. of course, no one else is going to let someone hire somebody specifically to to do, do that. that. Right. Most places want to sweep that shit under the rug. Barstool embrace. And you know, given the content they put out, they're they're in a different position than most corporations. I I, I understand that, but that that's a re- I think that's a real offer, and that's interesting because people want to call call Barstool sexist and whatever. They're offering her a real job. They wouldn't fucking harass. They might make jokes about her on Twitter. Portnoy might still say, "I wanted to marry me" or whatever the fuck he does. But in the off, let me tell you something. No one. When I was there, I got I got wallets thrown at my face. I got beaten at spike ball, all that shit on camera. No one ever insulted me, made fun of me, anything uh, off the air or off mic. Never happened. So I can speak from experience that she wouldn't be getting harassed when the cameras weren't on. You know what I mean? Yeah, they might disagree with her, but right. no one's going to say anything. They might bust their balls on the air and on the rundown and shit, but it's and on Twitter, but it's not going to. It's not going to, they're not going to follow her home and say, hey, Laura, you bitch. You know what I mean? Like, they're, not, they're just not going to do that. They, they, I, I was never once uh, walking to my home in Braintree at the time and had to w- look by, over my shoulder to see them throwing wallets at me. <laughs> you know, it never happened. Hey, Mike, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> when the cameras were off, I could be a person. Uh, so I can say from experience it wasn't going to happen. Now, let's go, let's fast forward to the, just read the uh, tweets. That were sent out. If you can read them kind of in order there. Yeah, I got... If they're in order. Yeah, so Susie res- responded to Portnoy tweeting about the rumors of Laura Wagner. Right. She says, Nothing creepy to see here. Just a man so obsessed with a female reporter from a competing outlet that he feels the need to tweet about her constantly, comment on her looks, spread false rumors about her, just, you know, textbook harassment. <laughs> and then she tweeted at uh, Erica Nardini, clearly having an impact. Um, I would say go fuck yourself, Susie. Uh, oh, she follows that one up too. Yeah, I saw. Well, one of them actually made me laugh. The one with the picture of Portnoy. <laughs> Is oh. that on there? She tweeted something like, uh, "So uh, Dave Portnoy and his basement dwelling followers uh, don't think I'm attractive. I'm okay with that." And they had she sent out a picture with him like having a double chin, and all. it was a terrible picture of him. Yep. So that was kind of funny. Portnoy had the sense not to put that one in there. Yeah, that that was kind of funny. Um, but I will say, I don't get the the uh, the instinct of the the Susie woman to call barstool fans basement dwellers. Most barstool fans that I've met and interacted with are like pretty successful guys. They're like frat boy most, guys. Most of them are doing better than me. <laughs> mo- mo- and that's not saying a lot, but I don't live in a basement either. Well, technically, I live in a basement apartment, but I pay rent there. Um, and most of them are doing better than me. So most of them are businessmen. Like the, the Barstool fans I've met here, they're all in sales, like doing well. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not They're not fucking cleaning up the place. They're making money. Yeah. Good money. So I don't get the instinct to be like, oh, well, Barstool. People think if you like like dirty comedy oh well then you're a piece of shit it's like that that uh that festival i went to uh skank fest in you in, in brooklyn a couple weeks ago i realized the name might lead you to believe that but uh outsiders would think like oh what a group of dirtbags it couldn't have been a nicer like everyone you met there the the fucking the chillest coolest people you could meet willing to give you the shirt off their back and i don't know right you. They, yeah right i could i i went with a couple buddies but like 
if my friends ever said, like, I don't want to go, I would go to that by myself because I just felt totally comfortable going up to people and talking to them. And you're listening to comedy all day, so it doesn't really matter who you're with. But people will just have a conversation with you. And that's kind of the vibe I got from the Barstool. Like, anytime I meet Barstool, if uh, it happens uh, much less regularly now. But anytime, like, Barstool fans have recognized me at a bar or whatever, I'll have a conversation with them. Couldn't be nicer guys. Very rarely do I get dicks that, like, don't get the joke and they're like, oh, how many fingers am I holding up? <laughs> that type of shit. Very rare. Um, so for people to just go, oh, basement door, just gotta go fuck yourself. Uh, was there another tweet she uh, had in there? Uh, yeah, the one she followed up about uh, Erica Nardini. She yeah. replied to her own tweet. Ladies, want to know the secret to beating out 74 <laughs> men for a CEO job? Just make it clear you're not only willing to ignore gross sexist behavior, but also are willing to be complicit. So fun. Oh, yeah. Complete, yeah, that's what she's doing. She's, oh, shut <laughs> the fuck up. It, it, she, so what bad. that means is she's in on the joke. Erica Nardini gets it and you don't. And that's fine. You don't have to get the joke. It's just not for you. You know what really just drives me insane What's that? about these people? It's like, here's a woman that beat out 74 men for a job. Right, and, and they'll turn on her. It's, yeah. it's like, you want women to be in these positions, and here is one, and then you're just going to rip you'll her turn apart. on her. Oh. It's like, the th- it's, 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 you see this in feminism, and you see this in uh, politics, where they'll look at uh, uh, Sarah, again, Sarah Palin's not a great example because she kind of proved to be an idiot, but anyone... On the look at Hillary was lifted up, and she's a mother and a, <laughs> this oh, yeah. this hero of women. When she's a pretty awful person, but Sarah Palin plays for the other team. She wears a red shirt instead of a blue one, so it's like, look at this fucking moron. Who would ever let her in office? When it's like, shouldn't you be said, hey, women, right, girl power? You know what I mean? You completely abandon that if they're not on your team. It's the same with this, where well, Eric Nardini doesn't. Right for uh, uh, Jezebel or, or I forget what the other feminist sites are, uh, Gawker or any of that shit. Ugh. Vice, right? Vox. So if Erica Nardini wrote for that, and if Erica Nardini wrote for Vice and had the same opinions on life, they don't know Erica Nardini from the fucking next asshole in line. But if Erica Nardini had the same opinions in life and the same philosophies and the same sense of humor, but she worked for Jezebel, she'd be a hero. This is a titan of industry. Look at the this woman is a role model for young girls. But she works for a blog you don't like with a bunch of guys. She's the boss of a bunch of men. And that's not a respectable thing that she rose up to that sort of power? Apparently oh not. no, she's a she's a piece of shit. She she's uh uh what was the phrase she used? She's she's giving in to harassment. Oh no, she's uh she's complicit. Some complicit, complicit she's in complicit harassment in the behavior. Come on. Erica Nardini is someone they, they should be looking up to. Because Erica Nardini rose to a level of power and said, I, I don't need to be this feminist and let those beliefs get in my way. I can say, hey, I'm in on the joke here. I get what they're doing. I'm sure Erica Nardini doesn't like everything Dave Portnoy says, but she gets it. You know what I mean? Yeah, she understands where they're coming from. I mean, I would say that her being the CEO of Barstool, a company the way it is, is more empowering than someone just using the feminist platform, the left platform, whatever you phrase you prefer, whatever right. term you prefer. That's more empowering than just riding the party line to the top of something that's the same thing. It's just well, look all at the same opinions. Uh, like I said about uh, Barstool gave me a shot that no one else would have given me. I think ESPN would have fucking put me in videos that got 
Hundreds of, hundreds of thousands of views? Not a shot. Not even no. if you were... The, the only way is you'd have to be huge. You'd right. have to be like Stephen I'd have to, I'd have to get big first, yeah. Barstool just did it. Barstool got what I was trying to do. <laughs> you know, I, I realized some of it was a little fucking me riding a unicycle and spinning plates. But <laughs> I was a little bit of a circus act. But no one else would have given me that opportunity. Um, same with Eric Nardini. If you look at, use ESPN as the example again, John Skipper, white guy, leaves. Replace him with a white guy. This is this beacon of diversity. Look at the Red Sox, who were haunted by the ghosts of Yawkey Way. They had to change the name. It's all white guys in the front office. Barstool hires a woman. Sure, they make jokes. They make dumb fucking jokes, and they have guess that ass on their website. But they hire women to be in real positions. You know what I mean? They, don't, they didn't make Eric Nardini fucking ride the Sibian. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's, she's, a, she's a real CEO of that company. And people just say, well, they say w- no-no words that we don't like. They say bad words exactly. that we don't like them. Hmm. Don't take my voice. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it seemed appropriate. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I, I, I'm sick of it, really, and I'm sick of uh, fake apology. You know, I say it all the fucking time, and it just never ends. And uh, then we have this Lindsay O.K., I, I don't know her at all. I believe she works for... Was it USA Today? Uh, I think so. Um, I think so. So I don't know her at all. I don't know why you would possibly go through all of her tweets as far back as 2010 just to find something offensive, she said. Here's my guess as to what this is. So for, uh, for years, we had the far left digging through people's Twitter to try and get them in trouble. Uh, then Donald Trump came along and actually won and became president. And then the alt-right developed and became the same pieces of shit that the far left were. And now what the alt-right is doing is saying, well, the left called these people out for years. Let's dig up shit that they said and get them in trouble for it. Instead of saying, hey, now we're the guys, now let's let everything go. Let's embrace humor and say, yeah, these people are just going for jokes. More power to them. That's cool. Instead, they say, now let's get these people in trouble because they were getting us in trouble. That's my guess as to what happened with Lindsay OK. I have no idea. But she's a writer for USA Today. Or no, uh, uh, is it USA Today? Fuck. I think she's a, the, a Ravens beat writer for That's what it USA is. Today. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Um, so they, they went back through her tweets to 2010. And uh, I know the one one that they found, they said in the article, used uh, racist and homophobic language. Now, that's something that really pisses me off. Because what you're doing is you're deeming it racist and homophobic. And you're completely removing any context. It took, I, I read the words racist and homophobic four times before I found the tweet in the article. So they say racist and homophobic. And then they, the first tweet they show is uh, NFL really stands for N-words for life. The way they use it in rap. <laughs> I'm terrified to say it. No hard e- R's. Even in context. Yes, exactly. Even in context, I'm petrified of saying it. But uh, you get the gist. Now, I don't know what the context was. Could it have been? I feel like this was less than eight years ago. But could it have been around the time where they tried to ban that word 
Maybe. Remember when the NFL tried to like make it a penalty? Oh, for saying it. For saying the N-word? Yeah. Could it have... If it was around then, and I don't know if it was or not, but if it was around then, wouldn't that make perfect sense? It would. Like, How about you think of some context of what this could have meant before you go back 10 years, or 8 years, I'm sorry, 8 years, just completely guess what she meant and say, oh, she's a racist. I mean, yeah. There's one word in this tweet that I'm going to assume this woman is a racist. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at a picture of her. They put a picture of her in the article. So she looks like, I don't know, she's 30, maybe 35 at the absolute most. So she was like, in her 20s. Right. It's like, Or maybe even younger. I would probably say, I mean, just looking at her, she looks yeah. young enough that she could have been in high school. Yeah, right. It's like, Well, that's the other thing. is that Who's the pitcher uh, that got oh, a standing ovation? Josh Hader. And yeah, they, they they this was one good thing is he got he got applause when he came out, right? He did. So that's one thing that is at least telling me, hey, you know, Mike, I know you see a lot of it. You get worked up when you see this shit on Twitter. Most of us don't give a fuck. <laughs> Most of us don't care about what a guy said ten years ago. And uh that makes me feel a little better that someday it will start swinging back the other way. And I'm willing Here's what I'm willing to do. Go through my Twitter. You'll be bored to tears. <laughs> Just ask Chris Curtis. Uh, you'll be bored to death. But go through my Twitter. See if you can find something offensive. I don't care if my career is ruined because I don't have one yet. So you're not taking anything away from me. Um, but if you can find anything, please do. Because I'm willing to throw myself out there because I think everyone at this point has said shit that could at least be twisted into something embarrassing. Or something controversial. At the very least, embarrassing. Yeah. So, hopefully, if all one day all of us will realize that and we'll stop being such pricks to each other. Wouldn't that be nice? It would be, but that is... You your... don't think it's going to happen? No. See, I wonder. Because th- this whole social media thing is relatively new. Yeah. So, I think if it, the kids that are being born now will have grown up with it. And hopefully, they'll say... Well, everyone said dumb shit when they were 16, so why are we going to crucify him for it? I tweeted last night. I said, today, right now, someone, some kid is posting something online that we're going to wait. Today, we're not going to say anything. We're not going to say, hey, kid, you should take that down. Oh, that's awful. You shouldn't be doing that. We're going to wait 10 years until they get a job, and then we're going to destroy their life. (laughs) You know what I mean? Josh Allen is a racist now. Not to me, and not to you, not to reasonable people, but there are people that Josh Allen, maybe he'll be a very successful quarterback in the NFL, but who do you get drafted by, the Bills? Yeah, he's on the Bills. He actually just got signed. When the Patriots' demise happens, I might be a Bills fan, just to root for this Josh Allen What's wrong with you? Because, (laughs) only because, all Josh Allen did was tweet rap lyrics when he was 14, and people dug through his Twitter. All they could find was that. Him quoting a song he liked, not being malicious in any way, quoting a song he liked, and then spinning that into, don't draft this guy. Ruin this guy's career because we, we're going to say, he's, we don't even think he's a racist. We're just going to say he's a racist. The thing that these people should do, the ones who have said stupid crap or yeah. tweeted it, it's like what they should do, but what they don't, because it's dirty, it's not the clean route to go, is just say, no, I'm not apologizing right. for that. I was a stupid kid. Why should I apologize for something we like were talk- that? I was tweeting song lyrics. Grow up. Yes. We were talking about before, uh, someone tried to do this. There's been a, 
an on an onslaught of comedians getting hit with this stuff. People going back and finding a w- pedo jokes. They've been calling him. I think it started with that James Gunn, the yeah. guy, the Gal- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy director. The best part is they start eating their own. It's hilarious. Oh yeah, and uh, so they went after Anthony Cheselnik, maybe the most offensive comedian of uh, of our generation, purposely. No, that's lying. what he's doing. He's doing a character. No line. He's doing an offense. He's do- that's not. If you've ever seen him in interviews, that's not him. He's doing an offensive character. That's not the guy. He doesn't go <laughs> after school shootings. He doesn't show up and say offensive things to them. You know what I mean? He's playing a character. So uh, someone went through Anthony Jeselnik's Twitter and found a joke he made about you know, something awful. And Anthony Jeselnik said, "Hey, you know, these are jokes. You don't like them? Go fuck yourself." And uh, the the person replied, "If it was one joke, I could understand, but this is a pattern with you." And prints a screenshot of uh, more offensive jokes from Anthony Jeselnik. And Anthony Jeselnik replied, uh, finding, scrolling through my Twitter timeline and finding offensive jokes is like finding a needle in a needle store on Customer Appreciation Day. Yeah, this is a pattern with the guy who had <laughs> shark parties on his, <laughs> on his Comedy Central show yeah. when people got attacked by sharks. <laughs> He's an offensive guy. So it's, it, it's one thing when you go after news people like this Lauren OK, I mean, uh, Lindsay OK, it's like, okay, she's supposed to be a news person. Maybe she was supposed to be perfect her entire life, I guess. But then when you start going after comedians, it's like, now you're saying, oh, I'm aware this person's job is making jokes. Now I'm going to find the jokes they made in the past, claim they were serious, claim I think they're serious, and try to get them in trouble. Do you want to pick the one the one group of people to go after to prove that you're not understanding? Right. It's the comedians. Yeah. Because and it, because it works because a lot of comedians are afraid of losing. Anthony Jeselnik doesn't give a fuck, but a lot of them are afraid of losing their jobs or lo- losing whatever potential jobs in the future, whatever. Uh, Luis J. Gomez, the the uh, owner and operator of Skankfest, uh, pointed this out this week. He goes, "I've said." Sh-, he goes, "People say like, oh, they got this. Per- How did they really get this person in trouble? All he had to do was make an apology. The way you get him in trouble is like Luis J. Gomez for for simply running." an event called Skankfest, has lost opportunities he's not even aware of. There's networks that will never look at him. Um, there, there, there's people that will never have them on their on their shows be, just because of that, and he'll never hear of it. He'll never know about it because it's happening. It's currently happening. It's not something they took away from him. It's something in the future that he could have had that won't happen. So that's how you get these people in trouble, and it's just sickening. And it's happening here with a guy. Uh, where they, uh, some asshole is trying to go after people for something that w- that he's taking out of context. Oh. And, it's, and I've said this before. What you're doing is not... You think you're going after these bad men who said something you don't like. And maybe that's a, a noble cause in your mind. And it isn't. It's, it's shitty. It's, it's a terrible thing to do. Because just because you don't agree with something doesn't mean everyone should agree with you. Uh, but what you're also doing is... Say... You, you, your mission is accomplished, and you ruin the show you're going after. Maybe that means uh, Entercom Boston as a whole has to close that. That means I lose my job, Jared loses his job, people in sales lose their job. That could potentially mean a lot of people lose their job. Or maybe they just lose a lot of money where they have to make cuts. Now the receptionist gets fired because you found a joke offensive. And it's like, well, now you're the one hurting innocent people. This joke hurt no one. And you're going after people that you don't even have an aware it has an impact on. 
You so, could, it could happen to someone who completely agrees with you and hates right. a show, and it's like, congratulations, your mission's accomplished. You took food off someone's right. table. The you- people that got Roseanne in trouble, I think they are. I think they're bringing that show back in really? a in a different way. Not not with Roseanne. Oh God, no! <laughs> Did you see the video with Roseanne screaming? Oh my God, it was that's the a best good. Thing it's ever. a good one. I you know I tried my best to defend Roseanne, but Jesus Christ, she is a little off a rocker. <laughs> There's a little bit of it, and you're like, okay, she seems remorse- remorseful. Then she goes completely <laughs> yeah, off the rails. Yeah, yeah. I believe her now. I'll say that. I think she thought that lady was white. <laughs> oh, she but she's a, did. she's a little nuts. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I think they're bringing back Roseanne in a different form with the uh, daughter as the star or something. But say they just canceled Roseanne. Okay, go- bravo! You got Roseanne off the air. What you also did is got the daughter who is completely opposite Roseanne on the political spectrum and is the one that really got that show back and running. You got her thrown out of a job. You got the kids in that show thrown at jobs. You got all the writers thrown at. You got the fucking the lighting guy and the guy who works the boom mic. Those guys who don't make a ton of money. You got those guys fired. All of them are out of work because you didn't like a joke and you had to attack someone. Um, you know. So people in general, if you want to scroll through anyone's timeline, scroll through mine because I've got nothing to lose. But that's not as fun for you, is it? All right, guys. That's it for uh, this week, pretty much. What do we have for time? Did I do enough time? Oh. Oh, plenty? Oh, yeah. What are we at? 48. Oh, Jesus Christ. Our longest one ever. All right. 48 minutes worth of uh, bullshit. Um, We'll see you next week, guys. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave a nice review. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Trash Talk with Blind Mike. Hear it again on WEEI.com, iTunes, and the Radio.com app. Tune in next week for another edition of Trash Talk, a presentation of WEEI.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.